It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's, women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can subscribe at www.theagship.com at the $6 or $10 per month tier. Uh, $10 a month tier subscribers, be on the lookout in the next... 24, 48 hours, if not, it's, if, if it's not already there, for the monthly uh, job form call for Q&A questions. We're going to be recording that show here in the coming days, and I will be sending out that call for questions shortly, if I have not already done it, uh, with, with uh, when whenever this will be posted. Uh, if you have questions and are subscribed to that tier, we'd love to have them. Send them on in. If you have questions and are not subscribed to that tier, we'd love to have you join that tier uh, and uh, and send those in. We do it every every month, um, and we're going to be <laughs> more more on it here as we get out of crossover season and into just basketball season and have a little bit more time. Uh, as always, if you are subscribed, thank you for your support. Uh, it is much appreciated and also crucial to uh, to the existence of the Ag Ship. It is a Fully funded, fully funded by supporters uh, outlet. No advertising dollars. Nothing uh, beyond just the generous support of the Utah State faithful. So thank you as always for your support. Um, I am joined as usual, as always, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. We've got a uh, couple things to talk about. We got a bowl game to talk about. We got some basketball to talk about. Uh, not a not a particularly spirited week of Utah State athletics, but we're here all the same. Parker, how's it going? What's up, Patrick? Um, yeah, this this kind of signifies the very end of uh, what we call crossover season. Football football's done. We move into just basketball mode now. Uh, of course, football is never really really done. We have uh, probably some some coaching carousel and and transfer portal stuff that happens across the country and within the conference all year long. But for the most part, um, our brains get to. Uh, get to start recovering from from a pretty brutal uh crossover season this year so that'll be nice to be able to focus on hoops I mean, focusing on basketball at utah state is uh, is a privilege mm-hmm. uh, at least on the men's side and, and this year is no different than that so mm-hmm. uh, it'll be fun to get into uh focusing on hoops um as we as we bid farewell to the football season in uh in a way that really just sums up the rest of the season unfortunately as as Utah State falls to Georgia State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, um, which is what we're going to be what we're going to be talking about here. Um, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> that's where we're at, I guess. At this point, um, let's let's get into it. I guess like that's that's yeah. probably where we want to start this uh, show is um, that uh, <laughs> that, that game that and game. It, yeah that that game that happened. Yeah, I would imagine it, it did happen, right? Like it, it did happen. For the most part, it did happen. It did happen. I saw it. It just kept on happening. It was happening for oh, so long. Yeah. It was it was happening for an entire <laughs> afternoon. Um, yeah, yep. and, and I, I yeah. think that the I think that the score tells the tells the story pretty well. Forty five to twenty two. Um, I, I would imagine, and and you never, you know, uh, a, a football season is is despite how it feels in the moment, it is so short. It takes up so so little of the actual calendar year you get 12 games guaranteed and and maybe 13 and maybe 14 if you're really really lucky um if utah state's playing 15 something crazy has happened but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. you you're, or they played hawaii one of the two uh, yeah yeah or yeah or they played hawaii <laughs> but um which is kind of crazy okay so it's always a little bit crazy to play at hawaii but it, yeah that's yeah going to the islands crazy yeah, that's, but, that's true but yeah. the, there there are so few opportunities to watch 
watch Utah State football, to watch any football team, any college football team a year, you get 12 games. And if you're lucky, you get 13 or, or 14. And, and, and so you never want to you never want to wish away that chance because, the, you know, there's, it's, it's a finite resource. And then you have to wait for nine yeah. months. And it's never fun to wait for nine months. And by the time that wait is over, you are just absolutely desperate for football to be back. It, it is, you know, every year, hope, hope springs eternal in college football and, and it's no different at Utah state. And, and so you, you miss it and you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to wish it away when it is happening. But I don't think that uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't imagine that anybody is all that upset about moving on to basketball season. I don't know that anybody at, at, at you know in the in the Utah State faithful is like, oh no, we don't get to watch this team play anymore. I I was uh, my feeling watching this game and really honestly watching the last couple games of this team was okay. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I I get it with these guys. I kind of. I understand what they are. I understand what they aren't, and um, let's uh, let's get moving here. Let's let's get let's get a move on. Let's get let's get looking ahead to 2024. Let's see maybe if they could be a little bit more next season um, because this season it just they were so they were so clearly who they were uh, the last month of the season especially. But these really the last three or four games specifically felt kind of just like a slog. Even the New Mexico win where you get this this great overtime, you know, exciting overtime win against a really bad team. Um, And it's just like, okay, I get it. (laughs) You know, I, I get I get the message. I get what this team is. And this game really wasn't any rebuttal to that. They 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 were who they have been. And I think I have seen enough of the 2023 Aggies. I think I'm I think I'm ready for the off season with football, not just for the the moving on from crossover season and having more time to stretch our legs out and, and do more stuff with basketball, but just because I, I think we I think we saw it played out. I think we saw this team played out to to what it was going to be. I don't feel like they left something on the table here. I don't feel like it's oh they, well they could have been. You know, so and so, if they had just had a couple more, you know, games, if they had just had, like, I, I, I think that we saw, I think we saw roughly the potential of this season's team as it was constructed, not just per, not just roster wise, not just the guys on the field, but with just the way that they were approaching the season and, and the way that they played, the things that they were limited in, the things that they were strong in. I think we saw it. I don't, I don't feel like there was. I don't think there's a whole lot of meat left on the bone, and I'm, um, you know. I don't know if this is where you're at as well, but I just, I got it. I was like, okay, yep, this is what they are. This is who they have been. And they they finished it out with a performance that looked pretty familiar. They had some really good moments this season. They had some not so good moments this season. I think that six and seven for the the full the full of the season, the, the quality that they had, maybe they could have gotten one or two more wins had they handled some things a little bit differently. But Six and seven for what they were doing this year feels probably about right to me, and I think I think yeah. they were. I think that this was distinctly a six and seven ish team, and they finished right there at six and seven. Yeah i I don't really know how to feel. Um, yeah, I mean six and seven, six and seven is what they were, right? I mean that's yeah. that is the record. It's hard to argue about what actually happened. Um, but man, there there were times I think, and this is the weird thing about this team, and this is I think why I'm having a hard time um, 
really figuring out how I feel about this season. Uh, I feel like I saw 13 different iterations of this team. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe not quite 13, but certainly a handful. It, it felt like there were a lot of different teams. And that, that is, I mean, there's, there's good reason for that, uh, at least in part with kind of different, you know, three different starting quarterbacks. That's going to make a pretty big difference. But even outside of that, like adjusting for the fact that I'm, I'm well aware of the, the quarterback drama and then the injuries late in the season, it still felt like, like even from Hillstead, Air Force, Hillstead, James Madison, it felt like two different teams. And I guess Hillstead, well, Hillstead didn't start against Air Force, but like all the, all the Cooper teams felt different. All the, all the McKay teams felt different. Um, and there were times, I think, you know, against James Madison, for example, that this did not feel like a six and seven team. Um, and then there were also times against San Jose State where it didn't feel like a six and seven team because it felt like probably worse. Um, so I, I do think overall, overall, I would agree with you that I, I do feel like this is just a six and seven team looking closer. There's a lot of talent on this team that we've talked about, uh, even, even going into this Georgia state game on the, on our, our last show, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, there is a lot more talent on that team. There's a lot of talented guys that. I feel like our defense was not reflective of what was happening of the, of the personnel there. Yeah. Um, I think the same could be true of the entire team. Like I said, it's hard to argue with six and seven because that's, that's where we're at. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and But I, I struggle to see really where I think about it. But yeah, go, go ahead. No, I, I just like the, the, it was very much a team that came in, in waves, a team that had, yeah. I think distinct, there were distinct eras to this season in a way that you don't, you don't see a lot in, in football. You know, it's not, sometimes you, you can see that linear progression of a team more likely than not. You won't see linear progression. You'll see a team make strides forward, take steps back. Uh, this team certainly had its, its share of that, but it was really kind of, it was uh, divided in a way that, that, you don't usually get you don't usually get this kind of up and down season where it is so distinctly up at a certain time yeah so distinctly down at another time they start the season looking uh you know interesting but disjointed in, in the first three games you get the iowa loss you get the idaho state win you get the the air force loss coming out of the air force loss there's new hope with you know a young quarterback who is getting the offense going in a direction that feels closer to what they were looking for. And then you, you get the, the, you know, the really close game against James Madison where it's like, okay, yeah, I could, I could see, I can see what they're doing here. Um, you get a, you get a brief dip <laughs> against UConn, even in a win, but you also get the quarterback injury. You get McKay, you get McKay going down and Cooper stepping in and it's like, Oh, well, let's see what, I guess, let's see what Cooper has this time around now that he's, you know, he's, 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 had the experience of being benched, albeit briefly, and McKay is out. Now it's Cooper back in back in charge, and the offense looked okay against UConn. He played really well in that game, from what I remember, and so there was still reason to be hopeful. And then they crush Colorado State after, and and through all of this, they're having the bizarre first quarter stuff that kind of dried up at the end of the season. Yeah, they seemingly yeah. figured out the first quarter stuff at the end of the season right as their defense completely fell apart. Um, yeah, which I I will will I'll get to that in a, sec a second. But yeah, yeah, you, well, you have the high that, of we'll the Colorado that. State game, 
going into the Fresno State game that didn't really change our opinion about the team. The Fresno State game, even in a loss, it was like, okay, they're really, really close. They just they just beat Colorado State by 20. Cooper's playing really well. They were right there with a Fresno State team that at the time was at the top of the conference and, and looked really, really hard to beat. And yeah. you could, again, you could see it. And then you have the hangover game, the really, really, really bad loss at San Jose State where they were not competitive yeah. and where nothing yep. was working and where it, it was it was just bad. It was really bad. It was bad, it was bad all around. Um, and they get the bye week, they come out, and they're not especially convincing against San Diego State or Nevada, but they're doing enough to get wins. And then you have... Yeah, I mean, that, that San Diego State game had to go into double overtime. So yeah. to your point... Uh, you couldn't get it. Couldn't even get it done in regulation. Very unconvincing. Yeah. Um, to, to your point. Yeah, and so at this at this point, they're they've they've won these. You know, they won these games. But like, I don't know. I don't think we were super. I'm, I'm trying to remember to two or three weeks ago. It's not been that long, but I, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Feels being, like an eternity. Yeah, I don't remember being terribly inspired by either of those games, and it felt like they were just kind of slogging along. And then you have the last three games where it, even with the win over New Mexico to get to bowl eligibility, it just kind of feels like everything is is done. If the Boise State game, you get the 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 amazing start, and it's like okay, here they are, they're they're ready to go, they've built up for it. Cooper's playing well. the The defense started that game extremely well. They they've got it at home. It's a senior day. They've got them lined up. Here's their chance, and then the game just completely gets away from them uh, almost exclusively because of the, the collapse of the defense, specifically the run defense. Um, And then it never recovers. The run defense never recovers. The defense really never recovers. They gave up 45, 41 and 45 points in their last three games. I pulled together rushing yard stats just for the defense in those last three games. It was, it's really, really bad. Let me find it. It was in the stat book. Um, Oh, here it is. Yeah. In those last three games, Utah State allowed 1,075 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns on 144 carries, which is a seven and a half yards per carry average. Um, That is, or was, I guess, uh, nearly 39% of the total rushing yards that Utah State allowed (laughs) in the season. Uh, 35.5% of the rushing scores it allowed, despite coming in uh, 23.1% of the team's 13 games. Um, And and that was really kind of the defining story down the stretch is that it, it did just feel like, and I don't really know, it's just, you know, the Boise State game got out of hand and then that was it. And... Cooper gets hurt, and they are just kind of trying to get through here down, down the stretch. Yeah. And the the hope was really yep. sort of <laughs> sort of gone. Um, and uh, you can even point back to I think still just the hangover from Fresno State that they never really recovered from. They never. I mean, I never felt like they were playing at that level again uh, down I don't, the stretch. No, of the I, I agree. I, um, I very much agree with and, that. And so there is the sense of some wasted potential or some missed opportunity with how well they played against two really good teams in James Madison and Fresno State and how good they looked against Colorado State. But yeah. you, you can see the ebbs and flows of this season very, very clearly. And yeah. you can you can break it off into these different sections very easily. The the season was, was polarized in a really strange way that you don't usually see where they would look like a different team for 
three games, and then they would look like a different team for the next three games, and then the next three games they'd look like another different team, and then right. at the end of the season we get this version of Utah State that is just dead on arrival against capable yeah, opponents because of the run defense. A shell of itself. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so with that, I, I just I have a couple questions looking at this Yeah. Um, as you as you walk through it, and I, I'm noticing something interesting, and I, I want to get your, your opinion on this. Um, so I, okay, there's two, two questions we're going to, I have for you. The first is looking at this season um, and going through the season, like you just did. Um, how do you feel like, do you feel like the team was trending up or down throughout the season? And with that, like, were there any position groups that like legitimately got better? I can think of maybe a couple, um, but from the start to the finish, do you feel like the team got better or worse? Um and then I, I have another question after that uh, with the record, but yeah. So from the, the that, that's something I'm struggling with. So I want to get your your opinion on that. Yeah. So I I would almost think of it like I think the easiest, honestly, the easiest way and the the most uh, recognizable way that I could put this without the use of like you know a chart basically of of where I'm at with this team of of up or down was it improving or or you know declining would be that chart that I think most people have probably seen of the <laughs> the we're back and it's over chart right where it's you know it's it starts at the middle goes up and it's it's we're back and then they're down and it's over and then they're back up and they're back down and then they finish right around the same place that they started they got there in a different way. They were different at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season. I think that the offense generally improved, found itself a little bit, found some some really reliable standout capital G yeah. guys. Jalen Royals comes to mind. I thought the running backs yeah. were, were really impressive all season. Um, Cooper Lagasse stepping up uh, and becoming the, the player that he was really down the stretch before the season-ending injury. Um, so there were parts that went up and then there were parts that went down, like the run defense that was really good against Iowa and then really, really bad at the end of the season. Um, but I I think it all probably comes out in the wash to feeling about the same about the team that I did coming into the season, which is that they were talented and they were probably going to struggle to get to six and six because of all the new pieces. Um, and they did, (laughs) and they got there in a, in a weird way. And I feel better about parts of the team going into 2024. And I feel worse about other parts of the team and parts of the coaching staff. Um, and so I, I, I think it's probably about back to about back to, to even, and it's a different kind of even, but the quality of the team in my mind has not shifted a ton from going into the year. It's just that they got there in a way that was kind of different than what I was expecting the second the second question was about the the specific position groups right um yeah that was kind of a follow-up on that like who because i can think of you know you mentioned royals you mentioned Laga. those two individuals got better throughout the season um but it did feel like and and i'm tipping off my answer here a little bit um that i'll i'll circle back to but it, it did feel like a lot of position groups kind of move in the wrong direction throughout the season yeah and maybe i'm maybe that's an emotional maybe that's emotions because i'm coming off that georgia state loss um so yeah talk me through this one yeah so be I, my therapist for a minute i would almost i would almost think that it it's half and half because the okay. offense almost across the board i thought improved during the season quarterback room i thought did well 
in general handled itself well. There were obviously some hiccups and, and a lot of a lot of injuries, a lot of quarterbacks playing games for this team for the yeah. for the second straight year. But Cooper pretty clearly improved during the season. Uh, there's a lot to like about McKay still, and I think he on it. I mean. We're going to talk about the game, I promise. There's only so much to talk about in a 45 yeah, or 22. We'll get, we moment, will get but, there. Um, I thought McKay played well in, played well when he had to step in for an injured Levi here. I, I He did not have a great end to the regular season. I think his confidence is not maybe where you would want it to be, and he's had some injury stuff as well. And, and, and certainly he has not looked at the end of the season. He did not look like he did at the beginning of the season. He was like I, – I, it has been – it has been memory hold a bit because we've seen season since then. We've seen games since then. He was so good when he stepped into the spot, when he stepped in against yeah. Air Force, when he played against yeah. James Madison. Yeah. He was so good. Um, and I'm still pretty high on him. I still think that he has a, a ton of potential and could be a really, really, really good player. Um, and I don't think he's that far away from being a really good player. Cooper is obviously, you know, it was, was one of the stories of the season. Um, Levi, I'll throw in there. I thought handled, handled himself well enough to get the win over New Mexico. This was not his best performance, but also it was not anybody's best performance. Uh, yeah. So I, I would say quarterbacks get you one. Running backs just kept getting better, I really, I think, really through the season. And I think that the running back group yeah. was better than people were expecting, than I was expecting. And I was high on them coming into the year, but I thought all three showed plenty <laughs> this season. I, I thought Davon Booth, I mean, Davon Booth and Rossville Faison stepping in from the JUCO level, having never played D1 before, were both, you, you would not know that from watching them play. You would think that these are Mountain West running backs who have been in the Mountain West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. That, that Robert Briggs was clearly number three of that bunch is wild because he was really good last year as a, as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, but those guys stepped right in. I think that that running back room gets you to two. Receivers pretty self-explanatory up to three. Yep. They they had they yep. entered the season with one proven guy and they left the season with three extremely good guys. Um, and uh, you know Terrell Vaughn will not obviously be back for 2024. He's he's graduated, but it seems like Micah Davis and Jalen Royals will um, receiving room significantly up. Tight ends, I I will say up because I think that Brock Lane developed a ton as a blocker. We didn't get to see a lot of Josh Sturzer this season in general. He, he but... was he, he was a great blocker down the stretch. Too, yeah, yeah, but actually. I I, um, I feel. Yeah. I feel pretty good about the guys that they have there. I feel pretty, I feel better about them, honestly, uh, coming out of the season than I did going in. So I would say four there. I, I feel the main thing that I got from from Lane specifically, along with the blocking, he was on the field for most of the year. You know, he was not in and out of the lineup a ton. He was not dealing with a ton of injuries. He didn't have another season-ending injury. He was able to get through the year relatively healthy and and didn't play in the bowl game. They're they're making sure that everything is. You know, they, they don't want to aggravate anything. He's got lingering issues, but it was really good to see him on the field for most of the year. He's had health issues throughout his time at Utah State, and I thought he had a strong season. And so I would say four for the tight ends. And then you have the offensive line, which is distinctly down. Um, yeah. But then you get to the other side of the ball. And it's almost all down. <laughs> it's almost all down. Yeah, yeah. I, I or, think it, yeah, down or, or a wash probably. Yeah, I, I think you could probably, if you split the defensive ends from the defensive tackles, I, I like the defensive ends. I, I think Paul Fitzgerald, who, you know, Paul Fitzgerald had three sacks in this game. And, and I, I was, this is another thing I pulled in the stat book. PFF grades are certainly not 
good. Uh, they're certainly they're certainly not the end all be all, but I do yeah. like them as a as a light reference. And this the 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 data here, their data backs up what I felt about him during this the, the last really quarter of the season. Um, in his last five games, he had five grades above 64.0 in the PFF grading system, which is dis- distinctly above average. He was just under 67 as the weighted average. I thought he played well. I, I-, I thought that he developed nicely. I think that you can see some some reasons for excitement with guys like Kyan Sloan. Uh, Blaine Spires, I thought, was pretty solid all season. There are other guys who didn't quite have the impact that we were expecting uh, in Okamangao and, and John Ward specifically. But if I could split those, I would say the defensive ends are up at least a little bit. Defensive tackles yeah. were significantly worse, I think, than even we had feared. Um, it was not a good year for that group at, at all. It just it just wasn't. And Utah State's run defense suffered for it. Linebackers down, not entirely their fault with Max Alford being hurt on literally the first play of the season. Um, corners... I don't have a super strong feeling about the corners. I, I There were guys in there I liked. I thought Avante Dickerson looked really good. Uh, didn't play the whole season. I, I think he is a building block for moving forward. Safety is honestly a little bit disappointing. Ike was, you know, I, Ike is who he is. and, and uh, uh, Safety is maybe not. Actually, I, maybe some recency bias there because Ike did not play well in the bowl game. But Ike Larson is who he is and, and had a really good season. Yeah. And Devin Dye yeah. had a really good season. So safety's up as well. I, I I think it probably, again, is about even the defense was much worse than I thought it would be. Yeah, the defense, I, the offense was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Well, even on the safeties, I, I don't know that they got better necessarily um, because, like you said, Ike is Ike is what he is. I mean, I don't know. He started the season great. I mean, it was it was he was the hero of the game at UConn in like week three. And San Diego um, State, which was, you know, November. He won that game. He, he had the game ceiling interception. Yeah, so I, I would I would say that they kind of that, – that position group overall just kind of stayed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, the, the fact that this conversation is even happening and the, way, the fact that it went the way that it did um, is is part of what's going on. And, and with this record, I mean, let, let's, let's take a closer look at this record for a second too. We say six and seven, um, but that's including an FCS win. So yeah. really, that's that's the five and seven yeah. FBS record. That's not the, like let's not kid ourselves. That's not good, and and I understand like that's no. you know you you win six games in the regular season and you go to a bowl game. You're kind of being punished for getting to a bowl game. But first of all, it's easy to get to a bowl game. We don't we've talked about this, but getting to a bowl game is the bare minimum expectation in Logan at this point. Um, it's it's very easy to get to a bowl game. And and then you lost the bowl game. So like you you still it's not like you're being punished for going. Like you lost, and so five and seven re- uh, record against FBS teams is is really really uh, yeah I would say disappointing. It's rough. And so that's where that's where I would be. Uh, you know, so so your first the first question I asked you is like kind of how this team trended. I I feel like I feel worse now than I did before. And again, maybe it is some recency bias with a really ugly loss against Georgia state, which we'll, I promise we will talk about, but the first four games of the season with three losses and one win, one, one win, three losses. I felt better than uh, compared to three wins and one loss to close the regular season. Yeah. Um, And, and I don't know how to explain that. It's just, is how I felt. And like, you yeah. can go and listen to the shows and that's, you can tell I was more optimistic than early than I was late. It's yeah. weird a little bit. I, I, I think that probably, yeah, if, if, if it was 
you know, uh, if we're splitting it into the first, what is it, six or seven games? I don't remember when the... Was Fresno State? I'm looking. Fresno State was the... They don't have the they don't have this the the record listed with the game. So let me see one two three four, five six. Okay, so yeah, if we're if we're comparing the first seven games to the last five games, the last five games I feel or the last six games rather with the bowl game, I feel distinctly worse about than I did the first seven games, despite the fact that they finished with a, you know, a, a, an even record and they went to a bowl game. Um, the last half of the season they were worse. They just were. They got they got yeah. worse yeah. in the last half of the season. I think if we're talking about relative to preseason expectations, I didn't think that they were going to be as competent as they were to begin the season. I didn't think that they were going to be as competitive as they were against James Madison and Fresno State okay, in, those first, yeah, in those first seven games. Um, of those first seven games, the Air Force game was disappointing for not necessarily that they that they lost, but the way that they lost and, and the lack of yeah. you know, preparation. We talked about that. But <laughs> I, I think in general, despite the fact I believe they had a losing record, yeah, they did. Uh, after seven games, I thought they generally they looked better than I thought they would against really good teams, and that was the harder part of the schedule, which is why it is so concerning that they really did not look good in the last six games, uh, much at, at all. Right. Uh, you know, there's not a single game there after that Fresno State loss and after the bye week that I feel great about, that I felt great about in the moment. Um, and so on that front, it, it feels worse, <laughs> I think much, yeah. much yeah. worse. Um, but from the, the, you know, the preseason, I think it's about where I thought they would be. Um, okay. That, but, that's a, that's a good way to put yeah, it. I but but it, it does, it does. The first seven games do then lend themselves to some frustration about the last six, because it's like, where did that team go? go where did the well, team that after, played against fresno state where did those guys go yeah what happened to that i mean after that fresno state game we were talking about running the table in the conference and the championship game was still at play yeah because we had lost to air force which air force would have needed to win out which they didn't end up doing we basically the the scenario after fresno was if we keep winning we could play fresno we could we could get a rematch against air force in the, yeah in the championship game yeah and we were thinking hey we have a bye week we're gonna get uh, at that point, I think getting Hillstead back was was the key, and then well, we're getting Hillstead back for San Jose State, and then a bye week. We were excited, and it just and then it just didn't happen. It yeah. came off the rails, and then of course after after the San Jose State game, we were talking about how that could be a backbreaker, and I think in in some ways it was. Beating San Diego State was not impressive. Beating Nevada was not impressive. Those two teams were really bad. Yeah, and then to lose to Boise the way you did, and then again beating New Mexico is not not good. Yeah. Um, it did kind of break your back. I know you you won three games after losing to San Jose State, but I, I still think that was a little bit of a backbreaker. Um, yeah, culminating in, of course, this loss to to Georgia State, which I think was probably the most on paper should have been the most evenly matched game. Maybe Boise State too, mm-hmm. um, but San Diego State, Nevada, New Mexico, um, those are just games you win. Yep. And then two of them you had to go to overtime. To, to yeah, two overtime. So really, two. really, really disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, they they played yeah, a combined. Yeah, yeah, they played four point. overtimes over three very very winnable games against teams with losing yeah. records. Yeah, good um, point. Good point. Yeah, and then the two losses they got crushed in basically the same way against teams. That same they, exact way. Yeah, probably yeah. should have been contending against, and you could even include that in the San Jose State game because they lost that game in the same way too. Um, yeah, and that's yeah that it, it's the way that they ended it is 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 what is so troubling <laughs> is what is what leaves this kind of feeling of like 
you know, being ready to not watch them play anymore. Um, cause it was a chore. It was a chore the last six games of the season. It was not yeah. ever really all that enjoyable. And it was not what it was at the beginning of the season in the first seven games where they did feel like they had all of this, this potential to do more. I mean, we were talking after the Colorado state game, understandably. So I wrote a whole film story about this, about how good the defensive game plan was and about how well <laughs> they handled that offense and how they, I mean, yeah, they, they did yeah. the stats bear it out. Like I know that they scored 24 no, points, I, I'm, but yeah, I'm, like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing no, at what No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you're, uh, you're right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking with surprise at the thing that I am saying, like it doesn't, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. saying this now sounds crazy, but they did. I promise they did. Um, they shut down what was at that point considered to be a really dangerous offense. And they really, you know, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi was a very dangerous quarterback with dangerous receivers right. like Torrey Horton, and they none of them could yep. get anything going. And it felt like Utah State had a really, really good game plan for that. And even the Fresno yeah. State game, the defense was not good, but they were right there. They had the chance to go down and win that game. And then to look at the way that the year ended, especially, you know, just specifically for the defense, I think that the offense was – uh, stop and start uh, at, at times down the stretch had some moments that were really good did not again did not quite look like it did in the middle of the season um, yeah. but it was really the collapse of the of the defense that set the tone for the end of the season and, and that left that that last six game mark that it did because they were not yeah they never felt prepared like that again it, it never it never really seemed like they were setting uh, the terms defensively or even really coming close to it. They were just holding on for dear life and hoping that the offense could win in a shootout essentially. And it, and it yep. did yeah. once the San Diego state game was far from a shootout. It was ugly. Um, and then they lost two games really badly to relatively even at least on paper ish opponents with injuries and, been, and yeah. opt outs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's, that's a, that's a probably the better way to to think about it. Um, I would I would think. Yeah, and and here's the the other frustrating thing about this this season, and this is kind of uh, at least that I can think of now, kind of one of the last things I have on on this season before we we talk about this Georgia State game is. Yeah. Um, when you look at this schedule, there are some games on there that you feel like you should have won. San Jose State is probably the big one that we're we're gonna. That San Jose State game is probably I, – I get the sick feeling in my stomach that it's going to be one that we're going to be talking about for a while Yeah. Um, until we get the bad teas of our, out of our mouth next year. Um, that's one of them. That That's number one on the list, I think. Uh, the Boise State game, Boise was I, – I know what they did, guys. I know they won the Mountain West. They were a beatable team. Mm. They were absolutely a beatable team. Um, I think Air Force, it looks bad on paper. You look at it. 21 to 39 is not particularly close, but if you look at that first quarter where we don't score, Air Force goes up, you know, goes up with 21, 22 points. Um, and then I think they had a field goal right at the start of the second quarter or a touchdown right at the start of the second quarter. It was 29 to zero at one point. Um, and then you outscore them the rest of the way. I think, you know, you have those, but for every one of those games that you feel like we could have won, there's one that we could have lost. The UConn game, uh-huh. we really should have lost, uh, in all honesty. Well, no, we should have won by a lot more. Yeah. But the way that we played, yeah. we should have lost. Yeah. Um, taking San Diego State to double overtime, this San Diego State team is a loss, really. Taking this New Mexico State, this New Mexico team 
uh, sorry to Mexico fans, um, to double overtime is is a loss waiting to happen. So those, I mean, those three games easily could have gone the other way. And so yeah. that's the frustrating part, I think, about this this six and seven season, where it's like, oh yeah, well we easily could have had nine wins. Yeah. But we also easily could have had three wins. And yeah. looking at this team, this is not a three-win team. This is a very, very talented team that felt very disjointed at times and very, like you said, it came in waves. There were there were good moments and bad on both sides of the ball. Um, but the fact that this is the ball bouncing away, uh, the ball bouncing differently a few times away from a three-win season is, is a scary, scary thought. Yeah. Um, because this team is very talented and they were flirting with, uh, a very bad record in in some of those games. You know the the three that I mentioned off the top of my head, but even you know Colorado State, like you like you mentioned, they were really prepared for that game. Um, then then they also started, but it, it could horribly. have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah, they started it horribly and they had to come back again, like right. they did in, yep. in a lot of games. Yeah, yep. I, I just went through. If you flip all of the one score results, just no no context, no adding any, you know. Oh well, that changes if it goes to overtime or doesn't go to or none of that. Just if you flip the result purely, they would have been five and eight. Um, if you flip the one score games, and yeah. <laughs> they would have been five and eight with wins over James Madison and Fresno State, but it would have been five and eight still. Um, right. yeah, <laughs> five exactly. and eight with with losses to San Diego State and New Mexico and UConn in there. Um, that would have been actually a hilarious season. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they but weren't. That, that's yeah, flipping they, they all were... them straight across, right? Yes, yeah, that's because I think I mean if you were to flip them all one way or the other, you probably have a six game spread, probably right. There's mm-hmm. how many one score games were there? Six. Um, let me look. I did not. I was doing the math in my head. Let's see. One, two. I, sorry, I figured you had three, it. Three, uh, four, five. Yeah, there were five of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's a huge swing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's and they big. were three and, and so two we are, in those games. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, we had a winning record in those too. So wow, that's that is. I mean, that's something that that kind of tells you where this team was. It it should have been better, but it also could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um. And and again, we we can we could talk all day long about why we think that was. And we we have all all, all season. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's just where we're at. I mean, that's that's just what happened. I I, I think you've given yeah. the ideal one sentence synopsis for this Utah State team. Um, it could have been better, but it also could have been much worse. <laughs> I think that that is, I think that about sums up what we have been, the idea yep. we've been, we've been getting, we've been trying to get to here for, for the start yep. of this, the bulk Well, that does show. it. Let's get out of here. Then yeah. And, uh, just, just crop everything out, but that we'll have like a 15 second podcast. Just crop everything else out. And yeah. That. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. It could have been better. Yes. It also could have been a lot worse. Yeah. That's, that yeah. sounds about right. So, and, and yeah, I, I think that that, I think that's about. I think that's about the size of it. So as for this game, I've referenced a couple of the things that happened in the game. Yeah, yeah let's get we've into been, it. We've been dancing around it because, like again, like I said, there's not that much to say about it. There was about 15 right. minutes of competitive football here. First quarter looked like it was going to be really high scoring. It was kind of a junk food game, but it was at least junk food in both directions. You were getting lots of points. It was 21-14 to 14 in Georgia State at the end of the first quarter. Um, they had had Georgia state had had a couple pretty long drives. They'd had a couple pretty long plays, uh, found their way into the end zone three times, but Utah state has, had answered with its own big plays and with a, another drive to open the game that probably should have yielded points and didn't, they came up short on fourth and two, I think, uh, on Georgia state's deep into Georgia yeah. state territory, but it felt back and forth. It felt like both offenses were up for it and both defenses had already begun their off seasons. Um, 
you have the 35-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Royals, who, with that catch, set the single-season touchdown record for receptions for Utah State, which is pretty cool. 15 touchdowns in a season is nothing to sneeze at. Um, that's uh, that's a lot. It was a really great catch from, from him, as they pretty much all have been. Uh, and then you have the 65-yard touchdown run for Davon Booth, his single longest career rush where he was just shot out of a cannon. It was the fastest I've ever seen him run. Um, and he's fast. He's been fast all year, but he was he was moving. Um, so you have that from the, from the Utah State offense in the positive side, and then in the negative side you have the first of, <laughs> I don't know the exact number, about a dozen uh, big Freddie Brock runs that move Georgia State down into scoring territory. Yeah. You have two that rushing the, touchdowns. That was the theme of the night. Yeah, you have two rushing touchdowns from Darren Granger, who was excellent, um, and you have just a, you know, they're all, I, I thought the Georgia State offense was moving the ball more effectively, but Utah State yeah. was moving it with big chunks and was keeping up through that. It did feel like maybe that could that could run dry eventually, and it, it did. It didn't take long for it to yep. run dry, but the first quarter was fun, at least. The first quarter was, there's a lot going on. There's There's touchdowns to look at. There's fun offense to look at. They were moving, and that started to continue into the second quarter. Utah State was moving the ball well on on its first drive after that that touchdown to uh, to make it a twenty one fourteen game. They had a thirteen yard run from Robert Briggs. Uh, Levi was moving the ball twelve yards on the ground. Found Colby Bowman for a first down. Pass interference moves the chains, and then the drive just stops and the game ends. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty yeah, yeah. much that, yeah, was, that was pretty much it. There was a little bit more because the defense gets. Um, I would I would not even say forces a fumble. Benefits from a fumble on the next drive uh, deep in Utah State territory and keeps. Georgia State off the board then, but Utah State's first drive here of the second quarter stalls out with a sack, uh, two pretty short Levi Williams runs. The offensive line just kind of gave up on this drive, and then the yep. the Elliott Nimrod field goal, which looked good and then looked really bad as the Boise <laughs> wind uh, grabbed it and put it uh, somewhere else. It did not go where it was supposed to go. It went somewhere very different from that. Um, Utah State gets the ball back, and then Levi throws a really, really, really ugly interception. Um, And that's pretty much the game. Georgia State gets a field goal. Utah State's offense gets nothing going. Georgia State gets a touchdown, goes into the half with a 31-14 lead. And then the second half was just everybody kind of trying to run out the clock. <laughs> it was not the game was over. Yeah, it was cold, and they wanted to go home. Yeah, yeah, the game was over uh, effectively at that point. And so there's not a ton to talk about of the actual specifics here. The game didn't last that long of things worth talking about. Georgia State was better. Um, yeah, I, I thought yeah, that, much better. Yeah, yeah, much better. Um, pretty <laughs> much everything that Georgia State was doing offensively was effective, extremely effective uh, for the entire game. And Utah State's offense dried up as as very explosive offenses that aren't moving the ball terribly well for efficiency tend to do. Eventually those big plays might go away, and then if you don't have them, you have nothing. And that was really the problem that Utah State bumped into for the second through third quarters when it did not score and really didn't move it a whole lot. Um Georgia State adjusted well, and Utah State didn't really have an answer beyond that. I don't really, I mean, it was an offense playing with its third-string quarterback, and then its second-string quarterback, and he, you know, Hillstead, as I said, I thought played pretty well 
when the game was already over. Um, but I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, I can't muster up all that much, uh, opinion about the offense in either direction because it was just playing without its quarterback <laughs> and it is, yeah, what it is. That, that's a fair point. And th- this was a great, um, come down to earth moment for, well, I shouldn't say great. It yeah. was, uh, unfortunate. It was come a come to, to yeah, yeah. For, for Levi Williams. And, and this is what, you know, for, for all those people that have been on my back all year <laughs> about, levi williams and why he's a third string like this is why and it's nothing against levi williams like he's a phenomenal athlete and a great dude uh but he's a third string cornerback and that's fine and he did a great job i mean he's one-on-one in games that he started this year so he's still fine um he looked really good against new mexico he looked really like a third string quarterback against georgia state Mm. it is what it is but this is why i mean this is what we've been telling you all year this is why the the quarterback battle was primarily between cooper and and mckay all year yeah and he's a good third string quarterback, probably the best third string quarterback in, in the league. In, you know, one of the best third string quarterbacks in, in the Mountain West. If I had to, if not if in I the country, guess, without yeah. doing any research on it, that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. there aren't a lot he's of third string quarterbacks good. like him with his level of no. experience within the conference. He was one of the best third string quarterbacks in the country. But you can't, as fun as it would be, as 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 nice a thought as it is. You can't build an offense exclusively out of big plays. You do have to have small plays. Um, and, and Utah State just really couldn't get those. And I think that it comes down to the just the passing attack with Levi, with his limitations as a quarterback, just couldn't really function. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, short, the short passes that aren't screens have to exist in some capacity, and they just really didn't with him in there. Um, and you can't have that. You can't, you can't, the offense is, is dependent on having those gains on having those quick hit passes to guys like Vaughn or, or Royals or, you know, that, that, you know, they missed Micah Davis here. Um, but you can't, you, it can't all be big plays, especially when it's cold and windy as it is wont to be in the mountain West around the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and even yeah. in the middle of the season, it gets cold pretty quick. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it was too inconsistent. It was too up and down. The The highs were really high and he could throw the ball really far, but the lows were not high enough to justify it. Um, and that was really where it, where it came down. And I think why he wasn't seriously contending for the job uh, until injury put him into it um and you know to judge it off of a bowl game is not entirely fair but this looked about like what we have said and and what we have thought about about you know levi and about the the offense with levi it's you can't only have big plays and when georgia yeah. state adjusted those big plays went away and so did the offense um but yeah, yeah that's exactly. about that's about all i would have on the offense here I, it was it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good. It was not a good day for the offensive line because it was rarely a good day no. for the offensive line this no, season. But there were moments. <laughs> there, were, there were good moments. Terrell Vaughn played well, as he always did. Um, they, I, I thought Georgia State adjusted to handle Jalen Royals really well, given that yeah, they, I, think, they did. I think all three of his receptions came on the first drive. If Or not the first drive, but in, on the first two drives where he has the touchdown reception on the second one. On the first one, I think he had the yeah he had a fifteen yard reception and a seven yard yeah. reception, and then he has the touchdown reception, and that's it. And that's hard to do. They adjusted really well yeah. to handle him. Yeah, but they took away I mean, the big that plays. Sums up the game, really. Yeah, they took away the big plays, and that was it. Yep. So I mean, here here's just like the the drive chart of the first quarter uh, turnover on downs, which 
it is what it is. I, I don't know what I would have liked to happen there other yeah. than not that. Yeah. I, um, I, for Utah State. I, yeah, what, what you would want ideally is a first down on fourth and two. It was probably <laughs> yeah, out yeah. of kicking range and you don't punt from like the 31. So you, 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 you do need to go for it, but I don't know, maybe not a pitch. Uh, it, it's we're, we're, yeah, we're splitting hairs at this there. point. It, yeah. it didn't work. I would have liked it if it worked, right? I would. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's a good. That's, they wouldn't be expecting a pitch. They'd be expecting a Levi run. Um, I, I probably would have liked to see a Levi run. The, the quarterback right. run on, yeah. on I mean, short he yardage. Can, he yeah. can get two yards, man. Yeah, Come the, on, the short yardage quarterback he's running. He's two yards tall. Yeah, he's two yards tall. The, let the, him fall over. The um, the running with the quarterbacks on on short yardage in short yardage situations. This year was really successful for Utah State, and so you could you could say that I you know you wanted to see that, and I think it would have been fine, but I, I don't think it was like, you know, it, it was not a yeah. swing pass to Terrell Vaughn on fourth and two. It was it was a justifiable play. It just didn't work. Yeah, it did, it didn't work. So at, at any rate, it was a Utah State turnover on downs, touchdown, 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 <laughs> ends the first quarter, um, and then to. To your point, I mean, th- those first two drives are the only time that Jalen Royals got the ball. Um, Utah State has the ball back, and the the quarter ends during that possession, and they they adjusted, yep. and that's it. Yeah, they, they they made adjustments, and that that's it. Uh, Jalen Royals didn't get a ball back all game long. Um, that drive that that we had at, at the end of the quarter and, and start of the second stalls out, missed field goal, and it's over. Well, not not quite because you you kind of skipped over this part. You, you mentioned Utah State gets the ball back. Yeah. Um. I don't think you mentioned how they, it was a fumble recovery. Yeah. There was a great field position. Yeah. We 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 recovered it on the where did we grab it? Well, they got it on the nine. It was not ideal field. I don't think it was ideal to start. They did start to move the ball a little bit. It was it was. Uh, not what Georgia State wanted because they had a first down on a, a wild play that really honestly should not have been a completed pass, but the guy, uh, the receiver after catching it, then puts it on the ground and Utah State recovers and, and Utah State starts to move and then there's the the really ugly the really ugly interception. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so we we yeah. do fumble. We we recover a fumble with the score at fourteen twenty one, thinking, oh, we have a we have a chance to make up for that yeah. missed field it's goal. New life. We, the defense yeah. got to stop. Don't worry about how they did it. The defense got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just about the only one of the game. Um, and then, yeah, the, the interception, which um, goes, ends up going the other way. Uh, we hold them to a field goal, I think on that play mm-hmm. or on that drive, but at any rate, it, it did not matter. It was over. Yeah. Um, the, the game was, was not again, competitive. We did not score until garbage time at the end of the game. I think it was a, uh, it's kind of a longer touchdown, wasn't it? You you mentioned it, mm-hmm. um, but well, there, it yeah, was it did a, not. It was a short touchdown pass to Vaughn, but it was a long oh, yeah. drive. It was like a two yeah. yard touchdown pass to Vaughn. Um, yeah, but it was. Uh, let me let me pull up the specific. It was it was drive. in garbage time. It was in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, and eleven was eleven plays, seventy five yards. The long pass yep. he uh, Hillstead had a long completion to Vaughn for thirty one yards, and then they just worked their way down the field. They get a pass interference uh, to set him up on the two-yard line, and he connects with Vaughn yeah. for a two-yard touchdown pass. Um, it was a nice drive. It was probably Utah State's best actual drive of the game. <laughs> They're just yeah, moving the ball yeah. down the field uh, reliably, yeah. and they did it largely through the air. Uh, I, I thought Hillstead played, again, well on that drive. Um, but there were there was way too much football played between that drive and the last scoring drive for it to really matter. Right. Um yeah, it was. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it was it was ugly. It got it was over early. 
um, the energy in in the stadium, Albertson Stadium, was low from the start <laughs> yeah. and it got lower throughout the game. Uh, I, I will say this: that um, this is this is a hot 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 political issue these days, and, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say it. Okay, that's a bad stadium. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's an awful stadium, um, and not only for the reasons that you think. Because you know what, I'll be I'll be completely honest. This is this is not going to be popular with our fans. I don't hate the blue turf as much as I probably should mm. as an Aggie fan. Um, it's it is yeah, it's gimmicky and it sure is ugly. But I mean, the fact that they have it, like it's 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 more of like I love to hate it. You know, um, yeah, it, it's funny how much Boise State fans love it, and it's like it's blue turf, bro. Like get over it. It's fine. Like it's. Mm-hmm. It's blue turf. Um, I, I don't hate it, but I will say that stadium. I don't think there's a good seat in the stadium. Yeah, it's it's a really bad stadium. It's it's, and I understand why. I mean, there used to be a the the track was around the football field, pushing the seats really really far away. The track has been removed, obviously, but they've done a really poor job of like filling seats in, and so the players are so far yeah. away from the even the front row is so far away. Um, the upper deck is weird. Like it's it's kind of set up in a way that there's not a lot of good seats in the upper deck. The lower bowl is is not good. It's it's far away. So that has to contribute to to the energy. I think Utah State uh, Maverick Stadium is is a great stadium. It's small, um, but it's it's awesome. Like you are very. I don't think people realize like you are on top of the players at, at Maverick Stadium. The Spectrum's this way too. It's just a Utah State thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, like there are places at Maverick Stadium where you you are so close like to you, you the seats are so close to the field that like the the line for the photographers and the media gets cut off on the corners mm-hmm. like there's nowhere nowhere for them to go it's much yeah. closer um so albertson stadium is very different than the stadium that utah state is used to playing in. i think the 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 fan showing was okay um for it being you know I, there was probably a lot of people that couldn't make it with christmas and stuff but the, the fan showing was okay but they were just so far away um so the energy was not good um, it was cold for sure because it was Boise in December, um, and yeah, you could you could tell after, yeah. after that first quarter. Once it got out of hand, the energy just died. The, yeah. the it was not. Um, and again, none of those things are are you know Utah State fans are used to it being cold. The Maverick, yeah. the, the Mav is is high energy in the cold all the time. Um, but when you're getting when you're getting blown out like this, uh, the energy died very quickly. Uh, it seemed like Georgia State at, at at some point in the second quarter decided they wanted to be there still, mm-hmm. and Utah State decided they did not. Yeah, and the fans followed suit. The coaching staff, nobody seemed, nobody on the Utah State side seemed like they wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, after about basically the missed field goal and then not being able to convert that that fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, and that that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. I mean, it was. Yeah, we can blame the stadium. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the easy the, that's the easy way to do it. Blame the stadium. It is bad. Uh, yeah. it's, it's bad. But yeah, it was it was low energy game from the players, the fans. It was it was tough. It's not what I what I wanted out of that game at all. Yeah, it is. It, it's not to go off on a whole <laughs> stadium design. <tangent. laughs> Why not? Let's but it, it is Why it not? is funny because Boise State's basketball arena has the exact same problem where people it's just way too far away from the court there's they have courtside seats set up like they have they have like boosters like big money boosters sitting courtside and then the rest of the arena is 
separated by an, an unbelievable uh, amount of space from the actual court. It's funny that they have that that problem in both football and basketball. Yeah, especially compared to Utah State, which yeah, is where it's, the it's all, exact opposite. Yeah, it's all right on top of you. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know who the <laughs> what the what the deal oh, was wow. with the builders that they have there. Um, I don't know how I've never noticed this. I just looked up a, a picture of Extra Mile Arena, and mm-hmm. that looks. A basketball game looks like a gymnastics meet. Yes. Yeah. I like, would, it, it, was, it looks like there's so much empty space, and then they just like threw the mats down on yeah, the court. Like the court looks like a, a gymnastics meet. It's uh, it's it's that's jarring. It it's jarring specifically wow, that's for weird. yeah for someone like me who went from you know I I had seen you know I obviously covered games in the spectrum at that point like when I went to my first time going to Boise State last year and then. Boise State, I think, was the first road game I went to last year, and it's like, oh wow, this is yeah, this is really wow. this is really strange. Um, At least the court's the right color. The court is the right color. <laughs> yeah, the court is the right is the right color. A blue court would be um, that would be tough. Too much. That would be yeah. The, well, the, the key is blue. That's yeah, the the key oh, is blue. Man. The key is certainly blue. But like anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy was hurts. energy was pretty low. I on the on the other side, obviously the defense for Utah State, kind of the story here slash the offense for Georgia State. Um, I, I have I have noticed this is a rare one. You you get the palindrome score sometime. You don't often get the palindrome. Uh, total offensive yards, six forty-three to three forty-six. You don't get that a ton, so that's there's, yeah, that's that's, that's a fun that's one. <laughs> not necessarily what you want, but it's there. Um, and it was uh, it felt like it. If it, it felt it felt like Georgia State's offense got pretty much whatever it wanted. Um, Utah State managed to create some, uh, honestly, a decent amount of of havoc. Utah State had five sacks, three of them coming from Paul Fitzgerald, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, also had nine tackles for loss, and and so those were worth 37 yards. If you remove those, uh, Georgia State did run 40 times for a total gain, not the net, but the gain of 423 yards. Um, the passing attack was fine. Wow. The passing attack was good for Georgia State. Yeah. Darren Granger only put the ball on the ground three times. He was 19 to 22 for 257 and three touchdowns. But the rushing attack was. I mean, Utah State just never, never had even kind of an answer for it. Freddie Brock, who playing his first significant action of the season, playing his first significant action as a Panther, rushed 24 times for 276 yards and a touchdown. Granger added two scores. Um, He had 24 carries for a a net of of 111, but it would have been a lot more if not for the sacks. I think it would have been 142 on 19 carries. Um, Utah State didn't have an answer for either of them, and, and it was it was not necessarily just like oh, you know their 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 rushing attack is so dominant and their line is so dominant. We just you know Utah State can't can't answer for it. It was more you know guys were not tackling when they got to the right position. They didn't tackle, and getting to the right position was also a pretty significant struggle. It was a lot of the same stuff that it has been for this run defense and for this defense in general of just. You know, I think we've laid it out pretty significantly at this point, and probably don't need to reiterate too much. But Utah State's defense is way too aggressive for for what it is. They they, they do not have the uh, they've not proven the the discipline needed, the foundation to build upon needed that would merit playing as aggressively as they do and selling out for big plays as as much as they do. It's the whole defense. The entire yeah. defensive game plan is to hope that you can get some big plays with sacks and tackles for loss and turnovers. 
and that that will make up for the fact that they can't tackle and that they are selling out for these huge plays at the expense of huge plays, of giant runs, of 60-yard runs, of 55-yard runs, of whatever it is. There's massive amounts of space on the defense to throw and run into because everybody is selling out to try and make a big play rather than playing cohesively as a defense, which they don't know how to do. They're not there yet. They haven't learned how to do that. They went right to trying to be elite without learning how to first be just decent, not even good, just decent and <laughs> fundamental football. Yeah. It's, it's, it was the same. There's the same stuff. It was the same stuff as it has been. And yeah. Georgia state didn't do anything special. They just made them pay for it. They, they just played good regular football and that was yep. more than enough to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think the defense we've, we've kind of talked about that throughout the season and, and we've, we've said different things, you know, we've, we've said the same thing in different ways, but I, I just, it's, it's, I, I just still can't like, it just makes no sense to me. Like I've never seen the, the product, like the, the individual parts be so elite and then the, the final product be so bad. Um, I mean, you're talking about a very, very poor defense made up of very, very good players. Um, and that is, in one way or another, a significant issue that has to be addressed this offseason. Yeah. That's kind of all I will say about that issue. I don't, and I, I don't care how it's fixed, but it's got to be fixed. Yeah, um, because the 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 individual the individual players versus the the sum of the parts um, on that defensive side of the ball is not adding up at all. No, uh, and that's frustrating. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, and it's been frustrating for the same you know same reasons. It, it is not. Yeah. It it is not a. You know, oh, well, the plays are bad, or the the form. It's not even like a formational thing. It is a it is a structural, yeah, ideological approach that just doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You can't run before you learn how to walk. You got to walk yeah. first. You don't. These guys. Yeah, yeah it's it's to. you you can't. You, it doesn't work it, physically. It doesn't work. You, you've got guys <laughs> yeah. who don't know how to do that. You, you're you're asking guys to to pin their ears back and to to fly around who don't know how to do that. Who don't know how to do the stuff that you need to be able to do before you can start doing that. You're 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 just saying go play with confidence. What what is there to have confidence in? They don't know how to tackle. You can't play with confidence yeah. if you don't know how to tackle or take angles for tackling. That's what you. That's that's the first thing. That's step one. <laughs> you skipped over step one, and went straight to step seven or or eight or wherever it was. This you you can't. You're building on a foundation of nothing. You you've 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 put an apartment on top of some quicksand. It doesn't make any sense. This isn't going to work. The building's going to fall down. You can't build all of this on top of a defense that can't tackle. That's the first thing you have to be able to do. You, yeah. you nothing is going to work if you can't tackle and and there's not really a whole lot more to be said about it. If you can't tackle, nothing is going to work and it doesn't matter who you add into it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who the re you know, the reinforcements are. I do think that there are some personnel deficiencies that have been, uh, you know, presumably addressed, hopefully addressed. I like a lot of the guys who they have coming in from the transfer portal and a lot of the Juco guys yeah, that they have coming same. in, yeah. who I think will help with some of the stuff, some of the, the physical deficiencies that they had specifically in the trenches. They do need to be bigger. I think up front, um, that is a concern, and that's one that they have focused on. But it doesn't matter what players you're putting into the defense if they don't have that fundamental 
functional understanding of what they're supposed to be doing and of what a defense is supposed to be doing. Um, you've just got 11, you know, chickens running around with their heads cut off and it doesn't matter who your chickens are. If, you, if they're doing that, the guys have to be in a row. They have to know what they're doing. There has to be a distinct plan that isn't just go make a play. That's not a plan. That's never a plan. That's not a plan in any sport. It, there's no, there's no world in which you can be a successful unit in a team sport with the, the express hope of somebody just go and make a play it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't you you have to have 11 guys doing something collectively to work towards a goal or else you're playing one on you know one 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 however many up to 11 against 11 and you you will always be at a disadvantage when you're doing that because the other team can play as a unit can play as a functional cohesive unit and if you don't have that, it doesn't matter what the players are. It doesn't matter what they're trying to do. It won't work. They have to first be a defense before they can play defense. And they were not, in any meaningful way, this was not a cohesive unit of 11 guys, no matter who the 11 guys were or right. will be. It has to first do that before you can care about who the guys are in the defense. The defense is broken. The defense is fundamentally broken. There has to be a, a, a change to the way that they are building it before they can build anything. It's You, you can't... There's there's nothing to build on. There needs to be a foundation first. Yeah, I I agree. It's it is hard. Like you like you said, you're asking these guys to to pin their ears back and fly around, and you haven't even taught them how to walk, and that's yeah. frustrating because it's a team that's capable of pinning their ears back and flying around. Yeah, it's um, certainly you're, a you're team. not asking them to walk all yeah. season. You're asking them to walk until they learn how to run and then learn how to fly around. And yeah, that, that would happen very quickly. I think. Uh, but I think the the bottom line is what you what you just spoke on. It's that cohesiveness. It just never was there. It didn't matter who was there. Um, you always saw talent. You always saw promise, but you never saw cohesion. Um, and that's why you've you've given up forty plus points in what every game to end the season, or at least a, a good good chunk of them. Um, forty five unanswered against Boise. Forty five against Georgia State. I mean, that's what happens when you're not cohesive on that side of the ball. Yeah. Yep, and I, I think honestly that's about where I that's that's about all I have on on this game and just on yeah. what we know about the about the team as it as it is constructed and as what we you know from what we saw this season it, it is there's talent there's reason for optimism there's a lot of of work to be to be done that that to to get that talent to get that potential into you know, realizing it into realizing what they could be. Um, and, and I think that this is an off season, you know, obviously a crucial off season for, for Utah state and for the, the Blake Anderson tenure. And, and I don't even think that the task at hand is that significant. I don't think it's a huge, like they, they, you know, they, they don't have to, this is not a down to the studs. You have to rebuild everything. The roster is busted. None of that. It's not, that's not it. You have plenty of talent. There's plenty of talent. They're going to have more talent next year, even than they did this year. There's talent. True. There's talent on the team. There's plenty of talent. I think that there are, there are good coaches in the building. I think that there is a, you know, like I said, potential, there's plenty of potential. And the task for the off season for Utah state is just doing the doing the little stuff you know doing doing the the stuff that you do on day one and and actually doing it and not just doing it for the Iowa game and then moving on to the next thing because the run defense looked good in the first game so I'm sure it's fine 
um, you got to do. You have to have several Iowa games. You have to have several games where you're building a core understanding of what you want to do that isn't just trying to create big plays. That's not an approach. It's not. And, and yeah. you know, I, I think that the offense is obviously further along than the defense, and the offense is largely not going to be a concern in my mind heading into next season because there's plenty of talent there, and they've proven that they can be really good. I'm not worried about the offense. The defense, the task is just to learn how to function. <laughs> just be functional. If the defense is functional, Utah State wins a lot more games this season than it did. If the defense is functional next season, I think Utah State's going to win a lot of games. It's not that big of a, you know, you're not asking them to, to, to completely uh, scrap everything and make a, make a whole new roster, uh, assuming that they don't have a sudden transfer exodus, which I don't think they're going to. Um, yeah. you, you have guys who this probably should have been the year where you're building the foundation for them. Didn't really happen, but you still have a whole off season to do that. And that, that is, that's the focus. And that is not impossible. You can do that. That's, that's doable. Teams have done that before. That's yeah. where, that's where my interest lies heading into this off season for Utah state is just, can you build something that you can then add on to once you get to November, you don't need to be worrying about November in September, just get get something going that you can rely on that you can lean back on defensively and then you can worry about adding adjustments as you get further into the season and as teams more get as teams get more tape on on the defense but uh, just just start with the basic stuff start, start with the simple stuff and then move yeah. from there yeah i agree I, and and yeah i i do think that's probably where i'm at with this team i don't know i have um I don't think I have much else about this game. Um, Josh Sturzer, I mentioned him earlier. He was a great blocker. And um, watching this game, just a little last little tidbit for me. Um, there was a point where my uncle pointed out that he he didn't know the roster because he he was he didn't watch a lot. Um, he was like, "Wow, that eighty three is a great blocker." I was like, "Yeah, it's Josh Sturzer. It's what he does. Yeah. Our tight ends block." Yeah. And then it got to the point where he was like, he's like, I don't, I don't ever, I, he's like amazing. I don't usually notice this stuff, I, but he's unbelievable. And then it got to the point where that's all I was watching is, is Josh Thurston, <laughs> um, which tells you everything about this game. It's, yeah. I was, I was just tuned in to see who Josh Thurston was hitting. I and mean, he was right. My uncle was right. He was blocking great. He was fine. Yeah. That was the, that's what I watched yep. for a long time in yeah. the cold invoices. Josh Thurston hitting dudes. Yep. So. He's good. We like Josh Sturzer. Shout out to Josh Sturzer. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, r- running around here in the Mountain West of the the bowl outcomes. There's still one game yep. remaining on yep. December 30th, Wyoming versus Toledo. But uh, almost all of the Mountain West bowl games are through. It has not been a great month for the conference. Fresno State beats New Mexico State 37-10. to 10. Uh, Boise State falls to UCLA 35 to 22. Air Force beats James Madison 31 to 21. Coastal Carolina beats San Jose State 24-14. Kansas beats UNLV 49 to 36. Um, so a couple wins in there. I thought Fresno State was impressive against a good New Mexico State team. Um, that's a good win. They looked they looked like Fresno State. They looked like the Fresno State of the first two months of the season. I, I thought that was impressive, especially without their coach. Cause I, I believe Jeff Tedford is taking a leap of absence for health reasons. Yep. Um, yep. Air force again, I would say the same thing that they looked like they did, right. They looked like the air force of old. Uh, I think that the month of getting healthy did them a lot of good and they played really well against a, a, a really good James Madison team. And it's the James Madison team that was without all of its, you know, didn't have all of its players, obviously lost his head coach and, and lost some of the players, 
with that and then lost more players with that after the game. But Air Force still beat a really good, really stout team um, and did it in the way that you would expect Air Force to do it. Uh, outside of that, it's 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 not been it's not been great. It's not been a it's not been a great couple of couple of bowl games for the for the league. Yeah, those are those are the two games that were probably even going into it that I was most interested in. At least the uh, Air Force James Madison game. Um, those two were good. Fresno doing what it needed to do, uh, and then Air Force just being Air Force. They they took a lead early and just don't they don't let up. Um, that was a good one that was happening at the same time as ours, so I obviously didn't watch it. Um, didn't feel like I had to go back and rewatch it. Um, so yeah, those are the two good ones. Overall, though, as you said, it's not been a good bowl season for Utah uh, for the Mountain West. Uh, yeah. yeah, Utah State. Uh, for the Utah State too. as a whole, yeah. <laughs> um, the the main lack of achievement, the main thing contributing to that is I think Boise State losing to UCLA in the uh, in the LA Bowl. Yeah. Um, wow, Boise State, they are just the epitome of like the class bully. Um, but as soon as he gets to recess um, and has to like be around people in other classes and other grades, he, he's like he's fake tough. He just disappears and hides hides under the slide or something. <laughs> um, Boise State, after running the table in the Mountain West, winning the Mountain West title with an interim coach, this is what the thirty five to twenty two against UCLA. My goodness. Um, that was disappointing. I get it. UCLA is a good team, but here's the thing. It's just the same matchup the past two years. Um, the Mountain West champion plays the number five pick of the Pac-12, and Utah State and Fresno State both got it done two years running, uh, and Boise didn't even look competitive after like the first quarter, first half, really. Yeah. So that was the most disappointing. Um, but yeah, overall, not a good. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, both Boise State and UCLA playing without obviously some some key players, but some of the same stuff that it had been for Boise State with the defense was just really not not very good. Um, and the passing game with C.J. Tiller, the freshman quarterback, didn't really get going, which is understandable. He's a freshman quarterback, and and they've been without their best receiver and all that. But um, defensively disappointing, and I, I think that it was not you know. It was not as competitive as it probably should have been, at least looking at the rosters, looking at the the way that these teams finished the season. UCLA did not finish the season especially strong, um, and so a, a disappointing reversal of momentum in that one for Boise State to lose and to lose pretty pretty handily after being up, I think, 16-7 to in the first half. Um, Coastal Carolina-San Jose State, weird one. This was... Uh, disappointing, I think, honestly, for kind of a, a, a different reason, which is that I was hoping this was going to be, like, fun and <laughs> high-scoring and entertaining with, you know, the San Jose State offense, which had been really good all season, especially down the stretch, uh, against a, a Coastal Carolina team that scores points and, and didn't have an especially good defense, and it was really not that. It was 24-14, and, and 24 of the combined points came in the fourth quarter. The, the, you know, the first three quarters had two touchdowns. Both of them were from Coastal Carolina. Um, I don't really know what happened here to San Jose State. Just did not look like it did down the stretch of the yeah. season. 
Um, yeah. They had some turnover issues. They fumbled twice. They fumbled three times. They lost two of them. But it's not not quite not quite the fun game I was hoping for. Kansas UNLV was fun. I don't really blame UNLV for losing to a really good Kansas team. <laughs> Probably parts of it were. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that was you know that was pretty entertaining. At least Kansas yeah. looked like he was going to kind of run away with it, and then UNLV fought back pretty well. But uh, UNLV's defense did not exactly uncover itself in in glory here. Jason no. Bean threw for 450 yards and six touchdowns. Just a lot. Yeah, it, was, um, it was wild. Yeah, UNLV kind of fought back and then just like just to give it away again. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're it was fun. Yeah, um, their, but their defense didn't was not helping the cause at all. No, no, it's uh, yeah, it's not the postseason that the Mountain West was hoping for. Ultimately, no. it is not the end of the world. We'll see how Wyoming closes it out against Toledo. I believe a Toledo team without its quarterback um, and probably its yeah. running back as well because they're both in the transfer portal. I think Daquan Finn, the quarterback, is already out of the transfer portal and has landed elsewhere. But Oh, um, uh, the world we live in. Oh, yeah. But uh, Wyoming trying to send Craig Bull off with a win, I, I think, has a, oh, decent, yeah, very... has a decent chance to do that even against a good Toledo team. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll um, be very cool. Yeah. Uh, that's all for football. Um, so, yeah, yeah that that's it. Um, I did – I will say I forgot my favorite part of this game, even better than than Josh Sturzer going back to the, the Utah State-Georgia mm. uh, Georgia State game. Um, the best part of the game by far, even though we lost – was watching the Georgia start watching the Georgia State players um, hoist Spuddy Buddy up <laughs> yes. on their shoulders. Yes, um, which was awesome on its own, but then the fact that they dropped him was even funnier. So I, it sucks that we had to lose for that moment to be possible. <laughs> but there was just nothing quite like seeing the Georgia State uh, players um. picking up the giant potato mascot <laughs> and having the potato like all enthusiastic waving his hands and then bam face uh, to the blue turf oh, no. was awesome that yeah. was the most beautiful moment of the night possibly yes. the most beautiful moment of bowl season yes. for the entire conference yes um greg bull winning being sent off uh you know the 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 cowboy riding off into the sunset with a win would would probably um overcome that but as of right now the best moment of the Mountain West postseason has been Spuddy Buddy being lifted up and then dropped onto the blue turf. Yeah, Wyoming that should. Wyoming has a has. I don't know if it's a. I don't remember if it's a horse or a donkey or something. I think it's a little horse. <laughs> they have a little horse mascot. They should bring with them and don't bring them out until the end of the game because you don't want to. You don't want to bring a horse with you to the game and then lose. You don't want the horse to see that. Um, but bring <laughs> yeah. a horse with you to the game, and then if you win, you can li- you let Craig Bowl literally ride off the field on a horse. I think he would love that. I think Craig Bowl would, uh, would he, really he would would really he enjoy would that, that, and they should do that. Um, they should have a they should have a horse, a bigger horse, a horse that he could ride. I don't think that the little horse would be quite up for that. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, small. It's, it's, very it's small. Like a, it's a little Sebastian sized horse. Yeah, it's a, yeah it's de- definitely that. Yeah, it's a um, it's a small horse i don't know that craig bull is a pretty big man i don't know that he could be on the horse but if you got him a bigger yeah. horse i would love to see him actually ride off the field on a horse that yep. would be that, that would be, be really that good would be beautiful um <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah you're uh you're you're about to get me going on uh utah state bringing gus the bull back so we we got to change uh, the subject yes. quick before i burn another hour of time, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, we don't have time for me to, love, to get going on that we love the bull don't we folks um 
Yeah. So anyway, last one, last little bit here. Uh, there was a basketball game. It was not the most yes. eventful basketball game in the world. It sure did take a long time. There was a lot of it. Um, <laughs> not necessarily of basketball related things, but of other things. Uh, Utah State moves to twelve and one as it closes out its non-conference slate with a victory, an eighty to sixty-five victory over East Tennessee State. Um, stop and start game from the very beginning. There were 51 combined fouls and 71 combined uh, free throw attempts. So the, the the flow of the game was not great. That is that's not that's not ideal for you know a free flowing basketball game. And I, I think both teams struggled with that. Uh, just that that the game kept stopping and starting, and that the the whistles yeah. were very tight. Um, it ended up benefiting Utah State by one free throw, <laughs> thirty six to thirty five, but the fouls were relatively even. Uh, e- even like I can I can live with some shooting fouls because most shots at the rim are fouled on. That's just the way that it is. It's hard to defend the rim without at least a little bit of contact, and if you're calling it tight. You can find a foul on a lot of on a lot of shots. Yeah, yeah, but the 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 issue I had with the with the fouls was the ones where they're like diving for loose balls or fouls away from the ball, things like that. You don't need to blow the whistle when guys are fighting for a loose ball. It's there's going to be contact. I'm fine with just letting them play. And if you need to call a tie up, then call a tie a tie up. But unless somebody's diving onto a pile with like both elbows in front of their face leading forward to, to pile drive somebody I don't really have an issue with guys fighting for loose balls and so that yeah. was a little bit uh, you got there were a couple on some some key players like Jaden Seymour who was excellent for e, for ETSU and and he still played almost all of the game he played 38 minutes but his third or fourth personal foul was just like he was going for a loose ball it's like I don't know what you want him to do <laughs> at, at, at that point yeah. I, I you know I don't really know that you need to be potentially sending a star player to the bench for going for a loose ball. That's not usually called. Um, but as for the the actual basketball game itself, I, you, I thought Utah State did obviously fairly, you know, it, it did well enough to get the win in what a, what was an ugly game against a, an athletic team and an athletic opponent I thought an opponent that played pretty well ETSU in general didn't shoot well but Jaden Seymour like I mentioned had 30 points and played really well and ETSU was physically ready to to go and definitely made things difficult on Utah State but Utah State finds a way to get through um, and uh, and finish out the non-conference slate strong with another win that you know, it doesn't have to be pretty. <laughs> as long as you win, is a win is a win, and Utah State gets a win and wasn't seriously challenged down the stretch. Not a ton to say about it beyond that because there it was so, you know, kind of herky jerky and just just up and down. But um, a, a couple a couple things stood out. Mason false love with ten rebounds. Really nice to see that from him. To to see him continuing to do that, um, even when he's not making yeah. a huge impact on scoring he only had nine points he was three of nine shooting but that he's giving you 10 rebounds and four assists and three steals is really really nice it's good those are good minutes from him if he's doing that if he's pitching in as a rebounder that's what Utah State needs him to be doing even when the shots aren't falling and that that can be that that can be a, a, a hurdle for young players to understand that you can impact the game beyond just what you're doing as a scorer. And I think you're starting to see him grasp that, which is good news for Utah state. 
Um, great Osabar as well has <laughs> been kind of learning that a, a, a little bit as defenses have continuously not just double teamed him, but even started to triple team him. Um, and he certainly got the foul calls <laughs> in this game. He had 14 free throws. He hit nine of them. Um, and he had some foul trouble of his own. He only played 21 minutes, but uh, even as he's dealing with a very aggressive defense, 15 points, 10 rebounds, only had the two turnovers with one assist. I thought he played pretty well. Um, the standout here, I'm burying the lead. The standout here is obviously uh, Grandma's favorite point guard, who I, I uh, as I said on, on Twitter, um, I did actually legitimately in person set up my grandma to watch this <laughs> game so that she could enjoy the stylings of Grandma's favorite point guard. And I would imagine that she did because Darius Brown was 7 of 11 shooting with 19 points, had three rebounds, eight assists, and zero turnovers. Um, he's, uh, he's, he, we, listen, folks, he didn't get the nickname for no reason. This was a yeah, vintage, he earned it. this was a vintage Darius Brown performance. And he really kind of carried Utah state through when it was in the, you know, the, the, the toughest moments of this game with another really, really good performance on both ends of the floor. Um, he shut down, uh, Ebi Asamoah, who was, you know, the leading scorer for ETSU coming into the game. One of the best shooters that Utah State, I think, has seen this season. Um, he finished one of nine from the field. He had six points. He was 0 of 6 from three. It's just not fun to play as, as an offensive player against Darius Brown. It doesn't matter how good you are. It does not matter what you do going into the game. It doesn't matter how many shots you've hit going into the game, what percentage you shoot. You're going to have a bad game. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. You just have to accept it earlier than later. <laughs> and um, if you're shooting nine times and you only hit one of them, you maybe needed to accept it a little bit earlier than he did. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he was... I think yeah. he was taking some frustration shots there as the game carried on. He just could not get open, but a uh, tremendous performance from Darius Brown and Utah state again, gets the job done 12 and one heading into mountain West play. Yep. Huge game um, <clears throat> from Darius Brown. I think games like that where the officiating just makes it really, really hard to get into a rhythm um, games like that are where having a good floor general, just it's 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 very important i think darius brown did a great job managing that game on the court yeah um and and making sure his guys were were ready to play you know the few times they were able to play in between whistles <laughs> um i i would also add this is this is something that we can talk about more another time um it's something i've talked about a, a lot before i was here here with the ag ship um i think the the mountain west officiating is um I won't say bad because it's it's consistent, but I will say it's it's very very tight, and I am of the belief that um, just as a teaser for what we've been experiencing, you know, as for this upcoming March and kind of as a reminder of what we've experienced every March in the past, you know, memorable history. Um, it's my belief that the tight regular season officiating is is part of the the Mountain West's postseason struggle, yeah. um, notwithstanding the the fantastic run by San Diego State last year. That was certainly an anomaly. And then Nevada did one a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, I, I think that's a big part of it. I, you, you, It's bad. It's it's not good for the players. It's not good for the game. Um, like I said, at least it tends to be pretty consistent, but it's not good. Yeah. It, it I, needs to loosen up. I'm, I'm hoping that there is a, you know, something of a, not even just like an unstated, uh, edict, but at least something of a suggestion from the conference to the officials of like, 
you guys are maybe a little bit more strict than you need to be, um, at least compared to like, yeah, the national, they... the way that other games are officiated. Um, and if it's an obvious foul, it's an obvious foul, and there's no getting around that. There's a lot of contact and a lot of physicality in the Mountain West, just as you know by design. That's the way that these teams are, for the most part, built. You can't you can't get around that. You can't get around right. you know the, the 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 existence of at least in in this form of Utah State and the way that Utah State plays, but also Boise State, San Diego State. Nevada does this, uh, Colorado State, Wyoming, pretty much every single team in the conference. <laughs> like I said, it's a very, very physical conference by nature. Um, because the top teams every year seemingly are those physical teams, everybody has to be physical. You can't win games if, if you're not. And uh, there's going to be contact. It would be, I, I think it would be beneficial both for the, the quality of the league, the, the, the watchability of the league, the entertainment value of the league, if they would just let them play a little bit more. Cause I do think that the teams are, they're built to handle that. You're, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily need to call everything in an effort to like protect these, these teams from themselves because they're all physical. They can give it out and, and they can take it yeah. all of them. And I, I think letting them play would be beneficial both for March and just in general for the, the quality of the league because it does seem like the, the Mountain West, it doesn't become a slog. Mountain West basketball is, is fun. It, it is fun often <laughs> in spite of its of its yeah. tight officiating. Yeah. But you do see, like, it, it would be nice to see something a little bit closer to what we see from the Mountain West in the non-conference once they get into conference play and they're playing each other because you get these free-flowing teams and then these really fun teams and offenses in the non-conference, and then they get into conference play and it's like, oh, God, <laughs> it's a lot of free throws. It's a lot of free throws. It's a lot of fouls. Um, it would be nice to see that take just a, a, a at least a little bit of a step back. I'm hoping that we will see that this season, but this game was yeah, not necessarily. I, I, would, I would appreciate this that, game was not necessarily sure. a great uh, a great sign. This isn't a Mountain West game, but yeah. it, it is some familiar faces uh, on, on the officiating crew. I would like to see a, a dip in, in that, and I think that the league probably would as well. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, ultimately. Fouls are necessary. Officials are necessary because you can't just play football out there. It is, it is a sport where contact is is the amount that you are allowed to do is limited for good reason. But you're not there to watch the refs. Um, and it would be nice to to see a little bit, see a little bit less of DG Nelson <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and other, other referees. Um, just I don't know. It's that's a you know. Just in general, would be nice to to get a little bit less officiating and a little bit more just basketball. And this this game was this game was pretty rough, but yeah. Utah State gets the job done. And uh, the next time we talk about them, they will be heading into conference play with a matchup against Air Force on the road to open their Mountain West slate. Um, fun times, fun fun times. Yep. Love conference season. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, women's basketball uh, similarly is is starting up conference play. They uh, start with the road trip to UNLV, which is going to be a tough one. Um, but yeah, it's here. Conference play is uh, it's it's going, so it's a fun time. Yep. And that'll do it, I think, for this episode. We will get out of here. Uh, as I said at the beginning, if you have questions to send in, if you are subscribed to that $10 tier, be sure to send those in. That call will be out shortly, if it's not already. And we will be back on that show, as well as on a, uh, a free show to talk about basketball, to talk about the Mountain West, to talk about Utah State as it moves into January and into the second half of its season. Uh, and we will uh, we'll be back to talk to you all then.